This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down Acts chapter 14, but before we get into Acts 14, I want to re- review just a little bit about Acts chapter 13 when Luke was focusing on the church that has started in Antioch, Assyria, which is a, a, a Gentile city. Uh, and we talked about, you know, Luke had pointed out five different men that helped start that church, two being uh, two black men, one from Cyrene and one from Africa. And God used these men mightily, and with the help of Manaean and, and Paul and Barnabas, he was just doing a great work there through these men. And uh, it would be there when Paul and Barnabas had stayed there for about a year. And the Holy Spirit, while one day they were praying and fasting, these men, uh, the Holy Spirit says, uh, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. And we know that the work that God called Paul to do was to take the gospel message, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the Gentile people. And so after praying and fasting some more, they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas and they set them out on what we call their first missionary journey. Now, they set sail to the Isle of Cyprus, which is where Barnabas is actually from, and they visit the town of Salamis, and they cover the entire island. And then they sail to Pamphylia, landing in Perga. And for whatever reason, John Mark decided to go back to Jerusalem, back to his uh, home. And Paul and Barnabas then head inland, about 100 miles inland, to Antioch of Pisidia, which today are districts in Turkey, uh, in modern-day Turkey. It's here that we have Paul's first recorded sermon in Acts chapter 13. And after the Jews reject Paul's message about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, they didn't want to hear about Jesus. They, they deny Jesus, right? So Paul declares it. He says, I'm going to take this message to the Gentiles from now on. And it angered many of the Jews there, And so the persecution begins, just like Jesus had told Saul, which is Paul as well, that he said, this persecution is going to be coming to you. And and this is the start of that persecution because these Jews stir up a bunch of influential religious women and leaders of the city, and they basically, uh, they just stir up a mob and they attack Paul and Barnabas, and they chase them literally out of the city. And, and so they, they decide to, to go elsewhere. And in Acts chapter 14, it, it doesn't get any better for Paul and Barnabas. It starts literally off the same way as it did in Antioch of Pisidia. When they left Antioch of Pisidia, they traveled to a place called Iconium. And Paul and Barnabas go to the synagogue, which is every time they go into a new city, that's the first place they would go was to the synagogue because there would be Jews and Gentile converts that had been 
converted over to Judaism, they would be there to worship God. So it, it was an easy target. They would have people who were interested in worshiping God in these synagogues. So that naturally that would be where they would go most of the time. Um, but they go to Iconium and they go to the synagogue and they preach Jesus. And uh, Luke tells us that many Jews and Gentiles believe but the Jews who didn't believe, they're going to stir up a hornet's nest. And, and they stir up a mob. Sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what happened in Antioch of Pisidia. And so they stir up a mob of both Jews and Gentiles. And they're going to stone, literally stone Paul and Barnabas. But Paul and Barnabas get wind of what's going on and what's about to happen. And so they leave the town and they head to a region of Lyconia to the towns of Lystra and Derby, And here in, in Lystra especially, it gets pretty brutal for Paul. And, and maybe Barnabas here, we'll see here in just a minute, but uh, I'm not sure if anything happened to Barnabas in Lystra, but it definitely, something definitely horrible happens uh, to Paul. And we'll talk about it here in just a second. Lystra was a Roman colony which had a diverse population of Roman soldiers Greeks, Jews, and it also had the local people. It was a pagan city filled with idolatry, honoring the Greek gods, and that's little g, the Greek gods, and goddesses. It had a temple dedicated to Zeus, uh, located just outside of the city. And you can, you can really, uh, you can get on Google and, and do a Google search, an image search, and you can see the remnants of these temples that were left behind in these places that were uh, to worship these Greek gods. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. But the architect, uh, the architecture in these buildings were, especially for their day and time, it was just, it's magnificent. I mean, these big, huge columns and, and the carvings and the stones that they use is just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful sight to behold, really. And I'm sure it was amazing back then when it was all together and not, you know, destroyed or torn down or deteriorated. But um, they, uh, when Paul and Barnabas preach about Jesus, these huge crowds begin to gather just like, as they would everywhere they go. And Paul notices a man who has crippled feet and he has never walked a day in his life. Sound familiar? Kind of like Peter and John at the gate. Beautiful, right? So here's a similar situation. Paul's up there preaching and he's telling these people uh, about Jesus. And, and as he is preaching about Jesus and he's given this message of hope and this death, burial, and resurrection, he sees this crippled man and he notices that he's, he can't walk. And I'm sure he had a conversation with the man and realizes that he has never walked a day in his life. And so while Paul is preaching, he calls to the man and he tells the man to stand up. And so the crowd, they see the miracle, and they think that Paul and Barnabas are some gods, little g, right? They think Paul and Barnabas are gods in human form. And in particular, they think Barnabas is Zeus and Paul is Hermes. Now, Zeus is, and this is just a brief description. Uh, you can Google this on your own time. But Zeus uh, is the Olympian god, little g, the Olympian god of the sky and thunder. He is the king of all other gods and men, and consequently the chief figure in Greek mythology. Um, and Hermes was his son, was Zeus's son, 
the God, the little g, of communication, trade, and trickery. And so what the people didn't understand was that God, the Jehovah God, the one true God, was actually living in and working through Paul and Barnabas, just like he does you and and, and myself today. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, God lives inside of us, and he works through us. And he, he does many things through us to encourage and to help other people. Uh, and so Paul and Barnabas realize, hey, this this is God working through me. I'm trying to tell you about this God, the one true God. And and and, and, and so the people just they, they misunderstand. And they see this miracle, and so they instantly think, because this is the way they've been taught, and and and, and their mind has been infiltrated with this this false teaching about these Greek gods. And so they think the Greek gods have come down in human form with Paul and, and Paul and Barnabas being Zeus and Hermes. And so Paul and Barnabas is is the, trying to explain to them that this is not what this is what's going on. And and so the people are so excited about these these pagan gods being in human form that they're going to start trying to offer sacrifices. They start bringing in bulls and they start bringing in these wreaths of flowers and 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 and, and the priests, the, the pagan priests get involved in, in, into this sacrifice and Paul and Barnabas literally just tear their clothes and they run out screaming to these people. And, and, and so here's what they say in verses 15 through 18. He's, Paul says, friends, why are you doing this? We're only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, Luke says, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. So in other words, some people went, went uh, on through with their sacrifices. They would not listen to what Paul and Barnabas was trying to say here. But Paul and Barnabas, let's just break this down just for a minute. Paul and Barnabas is trying to tell them, we are no different than you. We, you know, I have skin just like you. I, I put, you know, I, I, I you know. They would say something like this today. They would say, they put their pants on just like you do. They put, you know, we say that all the time, we, you know, especially about famous people. And, you know, and we say stuff like, well, you know, they're no better than me. You know, I put my pants on just like they do. Well, that, that's exactly what Paul is saying to them. He's saying, we are no different than you. We are human beings. We're just ordinary, everyday men who are trying to serve the one true living God and we're trying to tell you about this one true God. And so he says, we want you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. You see, one of the things that we do when we're reading scriptures is we rush. We we you know, if we're reading a chapter a day, we we got to hurry up and get through this chapter. If we, you know, if we're reading uh, 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 two or three chapters, then we just blow right through it. And a lot of times we don't think about 
what we're reading or if you have it on your uh, cell phone or your iPad or whatever and you have the Bible read to you you know we, we hear it but we don't really comprehend what is being said you know we, we catch a thing or two here and there but I, I want to take just a minute to, to really focus in on what Paul is saying here and Barnabas to these uh, these people who are offering these sacrifices to them and they're trying to say no don't do this to us and I want to really, really break this down when we come back from break. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So Paul and Barnabas are trying to explain to these people who are offering these sacrifices to them because they think that they are the Greek gods, Zeus and Hermes, that have come down in human form. And, and Paul and Barnabas is saying, hey, we put our pants on just like you. We're, we're, we're no different than you. We're just ordinary men. We're human beings. And we serve the one true living God. And it is God that is working through us. And he tells them, he says, we want you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. And so what Paul is telling them here is think about this. These people have been worshiping gods. When I say gods, I mean little g. But they've been worshiping these false gods like Zeus and Hermes for hundreds of years, for a, a very long time. They have grown up being taught to worship these false gods. And they had a god for everything under the sun, including the sun. Uh, and for them, Zeus was the god of all gods, and he is the most powerful god that there is. And like I said earlier, you can see on Google the images of these temples, because there's several uh, temples that were built to Zeus. But he, and it's magnificent to see, but in these people's eyes, Zeus was it. He, he was he was God. He was the, the, the God of all gods, and he controlled everything, and he was the most powerful uh, Greek God that there was. And so two guys literally show up out of the blue, out of nowhere, and they're telling these people, these gods that you worship are worthless. They're meaningless. Your gods are dead. In fact, they're not even real. They're, they're make-believe. Somebody made these gods up long ago, and, and y'all are still worshiping these false gods today. And I'm trying to... I mean, that, that would just not set well with a lot of people, especially uh, if you've been taught something your whole life, and somebody comes along and says, hey, uh, that's wrong. Just I mean, if, if the alphabet, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, WXYZ, and somebody comes along and says, no, that's not the alphabet. This is the alphabet. And they start spitting off a bunch of stuff. And you're going to look at them like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've been taught this is the alphabet. And this is how I use the alphabet to spell my letters, you know, to spell my words with ever since I, you know, can remember. You know, we would think they're crazy. Well, it, it's, it's very similar to what's going on here. So you can see why the people would kind of be upset. And you're going to see how, just how upset they are here in a few minutes. But Paul is telling, and Barnabas is telling them that your gods that you've been serving for a long time, they're worthless. They're useless. They're meaningless. And we're trying to, to show you or tell you about 
the one true God that you should be worshiping, that you should uh, follow. He, and he even says, he said, he created all this stuff that you are using as sacrifices. Uh, he made heaven and earth and the seas and everything in them. This God, the one true living God, He's giving you evidence by sending rain, by giving you crops. He, he gives you food, and He also gives you joyful hearts. And so, as Paul and Barnabas, they're telling these people about Jehovah God, the one true God, and, and that they should be following this God, some Jews, get this now, some Jews, they show up from Antioch to Pisidia and Iconium, and they persuade the crowd against Paul and Barnabas. Now remember, these people were making sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas because they thought they were gods in human form. And all of a sudden, these Jews who have literally chased Paul and Barnabas from city to city, from Antioch to Pisidia to Iconium, and they have chased them down because they were going to stone them in Iconium, remember? And so they had chased them down to where they are now here and they are persuading this crowd to not to listen to what these people are saying don't have anything to do with Paul and Barnabas and so what they're going to do is they are going to stone Paul they're going to stone Paul um, they if, if the way they stoned people back then was they would use smaller stones to beat you down with. And once they beat you down with and got you, you know, pretty damaged, they would use bigger stones until they would just finally get a big stone big enough and they would just hurl it down and finish finish you off. Um, this, this crowd goes from thinking that Paul and Barnabas are gods and, and worshiping them and making sacrifices to them to being influenced by these Jews who showed up from Antioch of Pisidia and Iconium and they have been persuaded by these Jews and they literally do a 180 and turn against Paul and Barnabas and they stone I, I, they stoned Paul. Luke does not say anything happened to Barnabas. I don't know what happened to Barnabas, if anything happened to Barnabas, but we know that they stoned Paul. They dragged him out of the city and stoned him. And most likely, it does not say that he died, but most likely he was dead. And, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But I, I can't help but wonder when this started, when, when this stoning was going on, did Paul, who was Saul at the time, remember he was at the stoning of Stephen and he consented to it. He, he agreed with it. He, he liked it. He liked what the Pharisees were doing to Stephen. And then Stephen uh, died in that stoning, as which 99 out of 100 times the people die from the stoning. That's what it was for. Maybe 100 out of 100. I'm not sure. I, I wasn't there when they stoned everybody. But I know when we read about stoning, it's capital punishment, and it was given to kill people. And so, it is my opinion that Paul died from this stoning, and most scholars would say that, and that he was actually raised from the dead. Uh, verse 20 says, But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and he went back to the city. And the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. And so I'm convinced, 
and this is just my opinion, but I'm convinced that they prayed for him. They gathered around uh, Paul, uh, laying there dead. They had drug him out of the city. They had stoned him, and they left him there as dead. They thought they were he was dead, and so they, you know, and, and pretty much you can tell if a person's dead or not because if he doesn't have a pulse, he's dead. And so they leave Paul, and the Christians who uh, gather around Paul. And I believe they prayed for him, and God raised him from the dead. And possibly, I can't prove this in any way, but possibly without a scratch on his body. Because, and here's the reason why I say that, because he gets up like nothing ever happened. And the next day, he leaves for Derby. It's a 60-mile trip to Derby. There is no way, absolutely no way, if you were to be stoned, and, and Paul was small like me. I'm 5'7". I am very small for a man. Paul was probably about my size. And, we, and we'll see that whenever we get into the Corinthian letters. But Because the, the, the Corinthians say, oh, his, his letters are weighty, but his bodily presence is weak. And so Paul was probably a very small man. And there is no way that he would survive a stoning from a bunch of angry people who he had just called their gods uh, useless and meaningless. And, and so he would have died from this. And even if he didn't die, let's say that he didn't die, the pounding from these rocks, he would be almost dead. There's no way he would instantly get up and go off with these people who just prayed for him. And there is absolutely no way he could take a 60-mile journey uh, the next day with Barnabas. Um, just to give you some idea of, uh, about stonings and how brutal they are, it's first mentioned in Exodus 21 and 28 that God instituted this. He said, when an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. So God himself gives the command to the Jews, the Hebrew people at the time, the command to stone people who was guilty of breaking his covenant. And that's Deuteronomy 17, 2 through 5, when uh, Moses writes, If there is found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God is giving you a man or woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant and has gone and served other gods, little g, and worshiped them, or the sun, or the moon, or any of the hosts of heaven, which I have forbidden. And you see this all through the Old Testament, by the way, that they do this. He says, which I have forbidden, and it is told you, and you hear of it, and then you shall inquire diligently. And if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death, with stones i mean god meant business especially with the people this is his chosen people they are the, the very first commandment that god gave moses in the ten commandments is you shall have no other gods before me and he, god says i am a jealous god and he meant business and unfortunately many times people would quit following god and and, and go to these false gods and that, like i said a while ago they had a god for everything under the sun including the sun 
And, and, and that's what's going on in, in this situation here. They're worshiping these Greek gods, these false gods, and Paul and Barnabas has showed up on the scene in this new place, and he's trying to tell them, hey, you need to worship this god. These gods that you worship don't even exist. You've built all these beautiful buildings for them, and you make all these sacrifices to them, but they don't even exist. They're make-believe. They're false. This is the one true God that you need to worship. And, and, and so and then these Jews come along, they stone Paul, and uh, I believe he's raised up from the dead, and he gets up the next day, and he gets out of Dodge. He, he leaves town. And here's the reason why I say that I believe that Paul died from this stoning. Because in his letter to the, the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4, it says, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. And anybody that you talk to that is a biblical scholar, they will say that Paul is speaking of himself here in this letter to the church at Corinth. And it is very possible, in my opinion, that he is speaking of when he was stoned and he died. I believe he entered into paradise and saw what was going on. And he said, it's just the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. But he doesn't mention himself. He mentions himself in a different person. And so um, that is why I, I am persuaded that Paul died from that stoning. But even if he didn't, like I said a while ago, there is no way that you would just get up in an instant and, and, and walk off like nothing ever happened after you had been stoned. And you sure wouldn't feel like taking a 60-mile journey. I mean, uh, you know, we say in sports all the time. I grew up playing sports, and, and, and my daughter plays basketball. And, and uh, we were playing in a tournament this past weekend, and uh, one of the teams that we were playing uh, – one of the girls got hurt, and I heard a parent yell across the court, walk it off, walk it off. Well, if you've been stoned, you don't just walk it off. You don't get up and you know walk around till you feel a little bit better. You don't hobble around till you feel better. You're, you're dead, pretty much left for dead. And if you ain't dead, you're going to wish you were dead. And so it's just amazing to me that, that, that Paul just instantly got up after these people prayed for him and then he was able to take a, you know, or start a 60-mile journey uh, the very next day. And uh, they're going to travel to Derby, and which, like I said a while ago, it's about 60 miles away from Lystra. And and according to BiblePlaces.com, Derby was a city in the district of Lyconia in the Roman province of Galatia in South Central Asia Minor. And and this is where most likely where Paul would meet a young man by the name of Timothy who he wrote some letters to and left him as an elder in the church at Ephesus later on down the road. Uh, Derby was, uh, it sat on a major route connecting Iconium to Loranda. Uh, and so since it's a major trade route, we can see why Paul and Barnabas would take this route because people were coming to and from 
to trade their goods that they have collected and to make money to buy and sell things. So uh, there would be a lot of people in this area, which makes it just ripe and ready uh, for the gospel to be preached to these Gentiles. And actually, uh, in 1956, an inscription was found at a site called Kurti Huyuk, if I'm saying that right. Uh, and it is found to be uh, the true place of Derby. Uh, and a second inscription was later found uh, marking the grave of, of a bishop of Derby. And so if you need proof of any kind that the Bible is real, here's you some more evidence and some more proof that the Bible is real. You can, you can Google this stuff and you can see these things. And it, it's just amazing uh, what God has done in those days. And we see these remnants of, of what was left, you know, 2,000 years ago. And we can still see the evidence today. And so while in Derby, Paul and Barnabas, they preached the gospel and they win many people to Jesus. But after they spent a little bit of time in, in Derby, uh, they're, they're going to basically turn around and go back and visit the places that they had started these churches, and, and they go. Uh, they the very first place they go back to, which just blows my mind, is Lystra, the place where Paul was stoned. Now, you won't talk about having some stones. Paul had stones because he goes back to the place that they had just tried to kill him or did kill him, uh, and he had done told them that you know you're serving false gods. Your gods are make believe. They're they're useless. And we're trying to tell you about the one true God. And so he, he leaves Derby, goes to Lystra, and, and checks on the believers there. And, and that's what they're going to do. They go back to Iconium. They go back through Antioch of Pisidia. They visit all these places where they were chased out of the city because of the message that they were preaching about Jesus. Why would they put themselves possibly even in more danger? Well, Luke tells us in verses 21 through 23, it says, They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, Luke said, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. This is the reason why they visited those places where they had started those churches. They wanted to strengthen the believers and they wanted to appoint elders because Paul and Barnabas are two people and they can't be everywhere at one time because like Paul said, we are human. God can be anywhere in any place all the time because he's God. He's got an omnipresence. But we're, like, like Paul said, I'm one person. I can only be in one place at one time. And so he appointed elders to take care of the church while he was away. It was just like he was there, but he wasn't there. He had the elders there, and he had taught them. He had laid hands on them. He had turned these elders over to the Lord. And so God would give them the wisdom that they would need to lead those churches. And so after appointing elders in Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, Paul and Barnabas, they re returned to Pamphylia. They preach in Perga, and once again they travel to Italia. And then they get on a ship and they sail back to right where they begin, Antioch 
of Syria. And so they gathered the church together there and they rehearsed all these great things that God has done. And so I want to end this podcast by saying this. Paul appointed elders to encourage the people, those new converts to Christ, to stay the course and to not give up on Jesus no matter what comes their way. And that is the whole purpose of this podcast, the Grinded Podcast. People want to give up every day. It, it, it's easy to be discouraged. That's what Satan does. He uses anything and everything against us to beat us down and discourage us and to get us to turn away from God and to stop following God. But I want to encourage you, beloved, to stay the course. Stay faithful no matter what comes because what happens if we give up this life what happens if we take our last heartbeat our last breath on this earth we pass into eternity why would we turn our backs on the one true living god that has the power to save our souls and give us eternity in heaven with him so be encouraged today stay the course stay faithful stay true to god and you'll be glad you did. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Grind It Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's Word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding and God bless you.